7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. This statement that I put out, I'm afraid, is inaccurate. It doesn't help solve the process, and neither does it help calling for an indaba. Okay, because this is technically what plays out in the background. You you call for all these meetings, you delay the process further, then you get another legal opinion, then you call another meeting, and so you go on. And this has been going on for nine years. I don't have to tell you. Okay. So there's only one thing, and the board is trying to be constructive here. There's only one thing that can be done, and that is the MC resolve 75% we will work with them with greatest of pleasure to get an MOR over the line. But we cannot have another undertaking that it's over the line only to go to an SGM and it fails. This time we would require a resolution. 75% are behind the, res- behind the resolution and that that initiates an, an, an immediate section 60. And that 60, uh, you can state up front, has to be signed off in 48 hours, for example. If we to follow the simple process, we'll let all the water that's gone under the bridge, we'll let that go by. We can save cricket today if we do this. And that's probably why we call this conference, because we need to save cricket. And the best way to save it is members council can pass these resolutions, crisis averted, uh, and we can get to an AGM and a new board of independent majority directors before you know it. And good evening, everybody, and thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, uh, Tabiso Musia. Timothy is producing the show tonight, and Patrick Munana is our technical producer this evening. We've opened with the clip from uh, the chair of the Interim Board of Cricket South Africa, Dr. Stavros, Stavros and Nikolai there, who addressed members of the media today about the latest standoff between the Interim Board and the Members' Council of Cricket South Africa. It just seems like they can never uh, get along and uh, they can never find each other for the best interests of the game. And uh, tonight on the show, then, we're going to get more information about this latest um, dispute between Cricket SA's interim board and the Members' Council. They are now locked in a dispute about the makeup of the new board or the future board of Cricket South Africa. And one man who's been very close to this action will speak to us this evening and he will also let us know if the sports minister is within his rights or powers to intervene. Um, here because you remember he also gave them a deadline this week don't know if that deadline was met or it's been extended again uh, by the minister who's been very patient we spoke about it on monday when we spoke to ryan friday the minister has been very very patient here and maybe too patient for some people's liking and 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 people believe that he should be taking action now or should be taking standard action now that the members council and the interim board still can't find each other about the makeup of the of the future board of cricket south africa because the members council want cricket people to run cricket but the interim board is advising that there should be a, there should be um, independent board members that are part of this uh, cricket SA future board, and they it will be for the better of cricket if they are independent people that are part of this board. But the members council is also saying that they can make the decision themselves. It needs to go to Saskok, which uh, the interim board is uh, disputing or, or believes that is delaying tactics. So we'll get more on the story because it keeps developing every single day. And then after the cricket conversation, we're going to continue our Olympic feature. We've started that now for a couple of weeks building up to the tokyo games and tonight we're going to focus on sailing 
Yeah, sailing. We cover all sports here on SAFM Sport On. So we have two sailors that have qualified for the Tokyo Olympics in the 49er class. And both Benji Daniel and Alex Berger have agreed to speak to us this evening as well as sailing SA president Michael Robinson. And I guess it's an opportunity for us to find out more about sailing, how they qualified, the expectations, the challenges and what kind of support do they receive and, and all of that. And what would then, yeah, like I said, what would be the expectations for the Tokyo uh, Games here so we're going to talk about that and if you are familiar with sailing please get in touch with us let's speak to the guys i don't think they get a lot of media coverage so i'm sure any support they will appreciate here as we give them a platform to talk about their sport as we continue our build up to the tokyo games later this year so if you do want to join in on any of our conversations you can send us your voice notes to this whatsapp number which is 061-4104-107 061-4104-107 you can also sms us to 41391 or call us directly on 11 Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. So where do we start? We start with cricket, right? Yeah, that's where we start. And we are joined on the line now by a sports journalist, Dissetso Malepa, who's been very close uh, to this story. He was also part of the um, press conference, actually, this afternoon. What a long pro- pre- press conference it was. I caught a little bit of it. But Dissetso was there, asked a few pertinent questions or critical questions, as they say in politics. But he's going to just break it down for us and, and make us understand where we are and why there is the latest standoff. Good evening, Dissetso. Uh, thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Uh, good evening, Tabiso and the team, and good evening to the SAFM listeners, and thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, uh, Tisa. So firstly, I mean, you've been on top of the story from, from day one. In general, what do you make of this continuous disputes between the interim board and the members' council that have played out over the past few months? Well, Tabiso, uh, where we are at the moment, uh, essentially, we are back to square one. Uh, we are back to square one, and uh, uh, the CSA interim board is, is, is actually asking the members' council to do what they could not do on Saturday during at the special general meeting. So it's, it's very interesting to see how we are going to come at the end of come out of this with a different uh, with a different outcome, given that. Uh, uh, the members' council on Saturday during a special general meeting uh, voted uh, against the, the proposed uh, amendments to the constitution or, or MOI, which is a document that serves as the CSA constitution. So we are we are back to square one, and uh, uh, we, we are we are we are hoping to find out uh, how is this going to play out. So today at the Virtual media briefing, Tabiso, uh, the chairperson of the interim board, Dr. Stavros uh, Nikolaou, uh, basically uh, 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 made a passionate plea to the members' council to say they need to go back and and uh, and, 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 and 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 come back with a, a, a you know uh, they need to go back and reconsider their position and essentially vote in a manner that will, 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 will allow for a majority independent board and an independent person. So like I said, it's very interesting to see uh, uh, how does the interim board uh, uh, see uh, a different outcome uh, coming out after discussions and, and behind the scenes consultations in the next coming days. And before we go any further, just remind us, uh, because so much has happened here, why was this interim board set up? What is their mandate? 
Well, they had a nine-point mandate, Tabiso, and uh, I can't remember all of the nine points, mm. but essentially some of the points were to to, to restore to restore public confid public and stakeholder confidence in, in, in the administration of the organisation. Uh, uh, make sure that the transformation is, is, is up and running and up to speed. Uh, implement uh, recommendations from the Nicholson. Uh, uh, implement recommendations from Nicholson report, mm. and and uh, uh, and, and 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 take the organisation to the AGM essentially. Mm. Yeah, so that 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 is where we are at the moment, and you know you you you. I mean, you can, it's debatable as to uh, the progress made by the interim board. Uh, in, my, in my view, uh, in terms of restoring public confidence and, and stakeholder confidence in, in CSA, I don't see much that they have achieved, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think, I think... Uh, they they just came in and and uh, you know started suspending some of the executive, uh, mo- uh, most if not all of them being black executives, and uh, and and then and yeah for me from where I'm sitting, uh, I, I I I I find it hard to you know to to give them a, a you know a positive a, a positive score so to say, or to give them. In fact, uh, out of 10, Tabi, so I, I, I will score them three out of 10. Sure. Okay, loud and clear. And and should, uh, should they have not finished their work by now? And the minister keeps extending their term. Is that understandable? Is that justified? Well, it's debat- debatable, again, if that is justified uh, uh, or not. Remember, the initial period was three months, and it was extended by another two months, and, and now it's extended by another month. So uh, whether uh, it was necessary for the two extensions, uh, the minister and the interim board will argue that uh, uh, they need more time. They haven't you know, finished uh, uh, their mandate. And the minister, Tisetso, has also seemingly been very patient. Yeah, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Very, very patient. Um, too patient to some people's liking. Is that the right way to go about things? Yeah, that's a very important uh, aspect, uh, Tabiso. Uh, the minister, uh, I mean, a day after the failed SGM, he sent out a statement on Sunday to say that uh, the members' council have left him with no further option but to, do, to invoke Section 13.5C.1-3. Uh, uh, that clause essentially gives uh, the minister uh, two things or two powers to, 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 take out, to, to withdraw government funding and uh, uh, withdraw government recognition. So he gave the members' council a deadline of 5 p.m. No, 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 sorry. After his statement on Sunday, he sent another statement again on Monday, uh, reiterating his intentions to invoke Section 13.5 of the Sports Act and gave them a deadline of 5 p.m. on Tuesday, which is two days ago. So that deadline came and and, 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 and is now gone. And uh, 
you know, if, if, if the minister has set a 5 p.m. deadline and, and, and today's Thursday and he's yet to invoke uh, the powers that are bestowed in him in terms of Section 13.5, uh, we, 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 we can only go with what the interim said today, which is to say the reason why the minister has not invoked his powers is because his legal team are still working on, I think Dr. Stavros says, gazetting some kind of a law or gazetting something that will uh, allow uh, the minister to invoke because apparently there are one or two things that the minister uh, as per procedure needs to, 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 to get it right before, before invoking his right. So we, 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 we can't, uh, I, w- I wouldn't want to speculate, but rather to say, let's wait and see if indeed the minister will invoke uh, uh, the, uh, the clauses in Section 35 that he said he will, he will, he will, he will invoke. But uh, tell me, so another aspect to the minister invoking his powers in the Section, section 13.5 is that uh, there's a... I, I find that there's, there's, there's a bit of a conundrum or, or the minister finds himself in a, a bit of a conundrum to say uh, he, he wants to invoke the, the Sports Act. But if you look at the act that he wants to invoke, which is Section 13.5, the, the, the sub-headline there is, is dispute resolution. Now, and you, you ask, if, is there a dispute, dispute resolution as you speak? Uh, my answer will be no, because uh, the only dis- uh, because SASCOG and CSA have not declared a dispute. CSA is still a member of SASCOG in good standing. The only dispute we have here, <coughs> sorry, the only dispute we have here is between the interim board and the members' council, and that cannot be a dispute in terms of the SASCOG constitution and the Sports Act. So, so you, you wonder now, if, if there's no dispute, how is it possible for the minister then to, 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 to invoke uh, his section 13.5 as, 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 he, as, he, as he threatened to do so twice already? Which is probably why it's still with the legal department then. Yeah, which is probably why it's still with the legal department. Yeah, but uh, essentially, going back to my point, is that uh, the only dispute here is between the interim and, and the members' the, council. The members' council. And who is best placed to mediate in such a dispute? Uh, I would I not think that the minister, as the person who appointed the interim board, will be best placed uh, uh, to, to, to mediate in this uh, uh, disagreement. Okay. So, t- so, t- so what needs to happen now, if we are following process, uh, uh, if you are following the, uh, the CSA MOI and the SASCO Constitution, in terms of the any change to a, to a, to the MOI or Constitution of any sports federation, be it SAFA, SARU, Netball, and so forth and so on, they they need to sus- to submit the draft amendments to SASCO for consideration and input which there's is no what the members way. council is saying yes and there's no other way around it now there's a question to say now south Coke has failed to deal with this matter in the first place uh, which is debatable because uh, 
you know, Saskok, remember Saskok, when they handed the matter to, to the minister, uh, they said they did not have the resources to, to be able to, to sort of fix the mess at CSA. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and also because the then Christian Zane led board had refused to share the Fundus report with, the, with Saskok. They only shared it with the minister. And, and, and at that time, my information from speaking to people and from my investigation, Saskok did not uh, envisage or an- anticipate that uh, what, uh, the process that was being undertaken will lead to, to, to a point where the CSA MOI needs to be amended. Okay, hold it there. Hold it there. We just want to take a quick break and we'll go back to this uh, technicality about Saskok and all of that because we heard today uh, that the um, the interim board is accusing basically the members' council of delaying tactics by going to Saskok. But we need to take a break here. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso and the whole SAFM spot on listeners. Um, I just want to reiterate your words, man, that uh, it's really admirable that uh, the minister, Natim Teatro, is so patient with these cricket guys. We know that the ICC won't hesitate to suspend us if there is government intervention. But uh, at the same time, the minister cannot just sit and watch them, you know, running cricket to the ground, you know eventually has to do something about it. If it means we get suspended, then uh, so be it. I mean, I mean, cricket is one of our, it's one of the sports, you know, that brings this country together, you know, across the racial lines. We are all proteas. We're all having that protea fire. And it's unfortunate that uh, the, the, the powers that be are failing this beautiful game of cricket. And uh, one one can honestly say that that boardroom is, is reflected even on the on the on the cricket pitch. I mean, at some stage we were up there amongst the best, but now we are go we are dying a slow death. I mean, really. And uh, it's so disappointing that uh, while people are talking transformation, these things come up. You know. As much as we transform, but we want to make sure that we put in those boards competent people who will run this game the way it's supposed to. Thanks, Mtara Nagaiwan. They are so yiki. So maybe let's just deal with this because he basically says that cricket needs competent people. And the argument from the members council from the from the members council is that cricket people must run cricket there. Interim board wants independent members to become a majority uh, to, to make up this board. What what do you make of this dispute? Well, Tabi, so uh, as I said earlier, uh, we'll have to see where this goes. Uh, but what I can say is that uh, uh, it's very interesting to, in fact, I, I asked, I did ask this question during the media briefing to say. Why is it that uh, in, in South Africa we don't have any sports federation that has a majority independent board or an independent chairperson? I mean, you go to SAFA, you go to all, everywhere. So it's very interesting to, to see why must it only happen in a, at, uh, at CSA 
And the answer from Dr. Stav- uh, Stavros Nikola was to say that, you know, the, 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 the track record for CSA is there for anyone to see. Uh, things have been very bad at the organization with a board that, was, uh, that had a majority, non-independent uh, directors. So, 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 so uh, uh, again, uh, uh, the, the interim board chairman referred this question to the minister. He said he can't speak on behalf of the minister. But he said that essentially the reason why they, they want this thing to only happen at CSA is because CSA, uh, uh, you know, they say it's because of the governance crisis that they say CSA finds itself in. But uh, it's not only CSA that has internal problems. I mean, there are big problems that suffer. Uh, uh, or in fact, all the uh, sports federations have their internal uh, 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 squabbles and disputes. Uh, but uh, we, 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 we never heard from uh, the sports ministry uh, 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 disagreeing with that. And, and also, another question, Tabiso, is... Uh, Nicholson made this, his recommendations in 2013, 2012, 2013 already. It's been nine years. Nine years ago, yeah. And you ask your, yourself, why only now that there is a, a determined push or goal to make sure that the CSA board is, 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 is majority independent? Uh, from my information on my table, at Abiso, is that uh, remember when, when after the Nicholson report came out, there was a meeting that, that reached an understanding between CSA, Sascock, and I think the then minister was Sikilem Balola, and, and Nicholson himself to say, and, and Sascock uh, 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 told the minister and Nicholson to say, as Sascock, we will not agree to a majority board and an independent uh, chairperson. Sports must be run by sports people. And after back and forth, there was an agreement that was reached in 2013 at the, uh, at the AGM that uh, voted in Chris Nenzani. Hence, at that AGM, the CSA board was constituted like the, like, like the following. They had five independent directors and seven non-independent directors. So that was a board of, of 12. Because of the agreement that was in place, with, with CS, between CSA, Saskok, and Nicholson, and the minister then, Sikilem uh, Balola. And, and it ended there. So in, in 2013, this issue was raised again. So we have uh, the same issue that was happening in 2013, basically. Yes, we have, that's why I said we were back to square one. We, the same thing that happened in 2013 is happening again. I, I was going to that. Uh, and you're saying at the time, Minister Mbalula was adamant that cricket must be run by cricket people? No, 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 no. Saskok was adamant that uh, cricket must be run by cricket people. And mm. they, they convinced the minister and the minister agreed. Uh-huh. In 2018, this thing raised its, its ugly head again when Minister Tasa commissioned Zulman to investigate mm, mm. The, the problems at Saskok. Zulman came back with the recommendation, more or less similar with the Nicholson recommendation, to say the SASCOC board needs to be majority independent and the SASCOC president uh, needs to be an independent with no affiliation to any sport. And again, 
Saskok convinced Minister Klasa to say, in the sports fraternity at Saskok, we will not agree to a majority board and an independent chair. That is the principle, that is the position of, of, of Saskok. Sports must be run by sports people. And also, again, there was an agreement. Hence, today, uh, Saskok, out of 13 board members, only two are independent. Saskok president, who was elected late last year, he was elected. He's not in, an independent person. So, so again, there was an agreement. So it's, uh, I, don't, I don't understand why Minister Mteta, the sitting minister right now, uh, 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 thinks that he will be able to convince SASCO to agree to a majority independent board and an independent chairperson. So it, it will be very interesting. So, so what's gonna, what must happen now, Tadiso, as per process, is that uh, the members' council must take the draft MMI amendments to SASCOG. SASCOG will then take the draft document through their structures, through the, their various processes, take it to their membership, and, and consider it and eventually approve it or not approve it. But the and interim board says they've given the members' council enough time to do this, and these are delaying tactics. No, no, no. They, they, they said they've given them enough time. Uh, I don't know what that means, but when it comes to uh, the members' council input, inputs on the MOI, that uh, I can say it right now without any shadow of a doubt that uh, it is true that the members' council did not have enough time to make consultations with their members. Because remember, the presidents that sit on the members' council, they don't just decide, they don't just wake up mm-hmm. and decide. If there's an issue from IB or from anyone, they take it to the membership and say, members, here's an issue. What is our position? And the voting patterns, uh, I would imagine, reflected the mandate that was given to the provincial presidents who sit on the members' council, which, 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 which was to say vote against the amendments. And in any case, Tanyuso, even if the members' council agreed with the IB and voted for a majority independent board and an independent chairperson at the SGM. They were going to be in the firing line of SASCOG mm. because they will not be complying in terms of the SASCOG membership. Okay. Also, if they voted as they, if they voted against as they did on Saturday, they put themselves at odds with the minister. So I would imagine that they, 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 they will choose or are choosing to, to, to find themselves on the right side of SASCOG and maybe at loggerheads with the minister. Because remember, they are affiliated, affiliated mm-hmm. to SASCOG and not the minister. So, if, so is it SASCOG's decision eventually then to agree to this MOI? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would imagine that uh, matters will come to a head on Saturday, May 8th, where SASCOG, having received the draft amendments from CSA will take the matter to the SASCOG membership mm-hmm. and, and the, the SASCOG, the General Assembly, SASCOG General Assembly on May 8th uh, is likely to put this matter to a vote. And that is where the motion will succeed or be defeated once and for all.
Okay, let me play some voice notes. So, Tisetso Malepa is speaking to us here. He's a sports journalist. He's been very close to this uh, story uh, since it started happening, since that interim board was appointed. It actually goes back years, as you can hear him make reference to the time that Sports Minister Figila Mbalula was in charge and Togozi Leklasa also in charge. But let's hear what uh, some, some of you are saying. Tobisa, Peter from Durban. The problem is that all these people that are running sport are not there to run it for the sport. They're all there to make the money. And that's why you can't get people to agree. Because everybody wants to be the top dog and everybody wants to have their fingers in the pie. The sooner we get rid of all that and the corruption that goes on on these boards, one needs to look into it and, and see where all this money has gone to. But we never see anything happening. I think it's time that somebody appoints an investigation into this. Okay, thanks, Peter. It sounds like politics. It sounds like we are listening to Beyond the Headlines with Aldrin, with Aldrin Simpia because these are the kind of topics that they talk about and people going around in circles and circles and circles. But yeah, um, it's sport, believe it or not. Tabisa, I really enjoyed that last caller about the cricket there and he's 100% right. We've got to put cricket first and uh, I don't know what those clowns are doing there. And yes, the sports minister has to get involved because what are they actually doing? What is actually the problem? Just play the game. What 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 is the problem? It's so frustrating. We just want to watch some great cricket. doesn't matter if you're black or white. Just play the game. South Africans love cricket. We just want to watch it. And um, they can't keep doing what they're doing. They are destroying the game. So he must get involved and sort it out. That's his job. And um, we've got a bright future there if, if, if they can get this right. There's so much talent coming through. We could, we're going to win a World Cup. Brad Marisberg. Thanks, thanks, Brad. And, and I think you make a very good point because whatever happens off the field have to has to have some impact on the field of play. We saw this week the soccer, the players led by Kaya Zondo also put out a statement there. The captains also signed that statement and it has to affect whatever is happening on the field of play. Maybe that's why we're not winning the World Cup, Brad. We are so divided. I mean, even last year we were hearing the stories of Black Lives Matter and some black players going to the World Cup and not playing. And some people are saying, ah, we've always been chokers, but it just, it just looks like we are so divided. Let's take another one. Good evening, Mr. Tabiso. In soccer, the government cannot involve themselves in the activities of soccer. That is according to one of the regulations of FIFA. If that is the case, why can't the ICC, the International Cricket Council, also set up or issue the same model to protect cricket in the world? Because now, the minister in charge of sports has the mandate or the power to cancel the sponsorship of cricket SA, which is not good. It's not in the right direction. Besides, cricket is sports, and the minister is representing politics. It's Bramoro in Bloemfontein. Good evening, Tabison. Good evening to Tisadza uh, Malepa. Uh, I'm a big fan of you. Um, in terms of your journalism, I read the articles a lot. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, 
Um, I've got two questions for you. The first one is that why did you ask the former judge Zeg Yakub if the board has the term, has a terms of reference, the interim board? Because the judge said that you should know that anybody has what we call terms of reference. Anybody that is given the task to investigate something has terms of reference. Even those reference, the terms of reference were published and saying that you should know as a journalist. So why did you ask him that question? Was he said that that is basically, uh, you know, a question that is very stupid and then secondly now if the the cricket south africa has two has a, a board chairperson and also a president who is then going to represent south africa at icc board meetings if we have a board chairperson and a members council president who will represent us at the icc board meeting thank you very much Tabis. Okay, thanks, Liv, bro, for that passionate voice note there. Uh, but we've just lost our guest, Tisetso Malepa. We're going to try and get him back on the line. Okay, we've got Tisetso back on the line. We're going to have to be quick because of time, Tisetso. I don't know how many of the questions you had, but a lot of people believe the minister should intervene here, uh, regardless of what the consequences are. Yeah, uh, let me start with the last, the last question, voice note. Why ask Yakub about terms of references? Well, Yakub is no longer part of the process or the board, but I'll answer it this way. Even if the terms of references were published, I think it was, I think as a, as, a, as a leader, if you are asked a question that was asked before, I think it's only polite to repeat the very same answers instead of dismissing the question as stupid. Uh, the, the, the other one from, is that who will represent CSA at ICC if the board, the board chair is the same person as, as the members council chair? Well, in the past few Yes, it has always been the CSA president that represents uh, CSA at ICC. And it was Christian Anzani uh, 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 before he, the board resigned. And this time, as you speak, the acting member's council president, Mr. Han Richards, is, 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 is representing C, uh, CSA at the ICC. And uh, in, in wrapping up, Tadu, so maybe a lot of people are asking, so what now? What should be... What should be the way forward? Uh, we need this majority board. I will just end it by saying, uh, so my, my, my own personal view is that uh, uh, there is nothing wrong with the board composition of CSA of five independent directors and, and seven non-independent directors. The, the system, the, the composition is right uh, and it's working. Uh, 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 the only thing that we need, we don't necessarily need a majority board. We need board members, people who are going to be board members who've got integrity and who've got the interest of the sports at the heart uh, to, to, to make sure. And I'll give you an example. At any given time, each of the five independent directors have always been advocates, HR gurus, uh, uh, governance gurus, legal gurus. And these people have been chairing critical committees at CSA. Uh, now, how does CSA find itself in a governance crisis when it, it has always had five independent directors who brought the various skills that I've just mentioned uh, onto the board? Okay. How do we then find ourselves in this, in, in this crisis? I, for example, quickly, uh, you know, there was talk that uh, contracts were signed without due, due diligence. I mean, the, the, the chairperson of the finance committee and the Social and Ethics Committee and Audit and Risk Committee were independent directors. Having established that there were no due diligence that were done, 
what was the consequence management on the part of the executive management or staff to make sure that things like this no longer happen. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there just because of time, my friend. But thank you very much, Tisa Malepa. Do follow him on social media there. A man with all, who always gets the information uh, that others don't get, or he gets the scoops, as they call them these days. But yeah, it's such a complex uh, matter here, this one. Or oh, are they making it complex themselves? Let's see what Saskok will do or will say after uh, this, because it seems like things have settled down a little bit at Saskok now, so there is some stability there, so should, there should be a sober decision that comes out of Saskok. But let's talk sailing now in our olympic features we build up to the olympic games and we are joined on the line by the president of uh, sa sailing mr michael robinson good evening michael and thank you for speaking to us tonight on safm i don't know if michael can hear me i can hear you can you hear me oh yes i can hear you now michael i was just saying good evening and thanks for speaking to us Good evening. It's a pleasure to be speaking to you thanks michael how delighted are you by the qualification of our sailors for the games I'm absolutely delighted. I've watched these two young men sailing from when they were about eight years old. They've gone through the whole development system and, and, and they've gone step by step by step. Together they won a 29er class world championships and they've stepped up from there. They've stepped up their game into the Olympic classes and they've now, they've now qualified in terms of the world sailing qualifications to go to the Olympic Games. All that's outstanding now is for Saskok to approve their, uh, their selection and they'll be on their way to Tokyo. It's a, it's a fabulous story. And there's another fabulous part of the story. Yeah. And that is that Asanati Jim, who was the helmsman in our boat in the, in the last Olympics, mm. is now going as their coach. <laughs> so we've got, we've, got this, we've got this whole story of development, how well it's gone. And now Asanati is taking the next step up from Hillsman to, to coaching the youngsters who are coming behind him. It's a fabulous story. We're very, very pleased about it. <laughs> that is wonderful. And why does it then depend on Saskok now, Michael? Uh, they, have, they have requirements uh, for Olympic participation. Our guys qualified in terms of the world sailing uh, uh, regulations. In other words, they qualified at an African group regatta. Whereas world sailing has certain certain uh, uh, regular, I mean, sorry, Saskok has certain regulations relating to world rankings and so on and so forth. Mm. And it's not it's not my place to 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 predict what their decision is going to be, but we're definitely holding thumbs, and uh, I think it's going to turn out well. Yeah, it sounds like similar to what's happened with the other sporting courts like hockey and them. There are different qualifying routes that they must go through. And when do you expect a call to be made? <laughs> we're all sitting on the edges of our chairs. We don't we don't want to precipitate anything. We're sitting on the edges of our chairs and we're waiting waiting very patiently for something good to happen. Yes. And in your in, in how disappointing would it be if they're not allowed to go? You know, they're young they're young men. There's there'll there will be another chance for them. Mm-hmm. They've worked immensely hard to get to this point. I don't think these these two young men are going to actually give up. I think I think they will they will continue with their quest to go to the, to the Olympics. And by the way, we are, we've got this young man on the line here, Alex and Benji, who have qualified uh, for the Olympic Games. Uh, Benji, Daniel, and Alex Beggar. Uh, good evening, gentlemen, and thank you for for joining us on SAFM tonight. Thanks, Hi. thanks, and thanks, uh, and thanks for having us. Great stuff. Congratulations on qualifying for Tokyo. Benji, maybe let me start with you. How does it feel for you? Oh, it's fantastic. It's uh, 
a dream that's been a long time in the making and feels good to have finally done it. And for you Alex, how were the emotions when you did it? Uh we were we were we were ecstatic uh, at the time. It was um it was truly a dream come true, but uh more than that it was it was a very big relief uh because with the Olympic Games being moved out a year and and the the qualification event being up in the air, there was doubt as to whether it would go ahead and um Many years and, and, and lots of effort had been riding on this event and there was potential that it would be cancelled. So at the end of the event when we had qualified, it was relief and uh, just complete bliss. And, and now are you still cautious with your celebrations, Alex, because the president just told us that you're still waiting for approval from Saskok. Oh, absolutely. We, we, we are still in a state of, um, of cautious optimism. Um, we... We're not yet uh, making all the preparations to go, but we are, we're training as if we will be sent. And uh, we have done the best we can, and, and, and it is outside of our powers right now. Yeah, and, and Benji, obviously you, you will want to go to Tokyo. You feel you need to go to Tokyo. Why do you believe that you should go to Tokyo? Oh, I, I believe we have, we have a lot more sailing ahead of us, and this would be a great stepping stone in our journey through Olympic sailing. And, and President Michael, just back to you while we still have you on the line. How would you describe the state of sailing in the country at the moment? Sailing, sailing is doing very well at the moment. We've got, we've got a, a strong group of young people coming through the ranks, as with, as with Benji and Alex. Uh, we've, got, we've got a pool of, of, of old uh, uh, um, veterans who, who, who are helping in the build-up. We've got development programs at almost every yacht club in the country where, where young people are, are uh, learning to sail. And, and that development is, is a development that, that is part of an empowerment strategy that goes throughout South African sailing. I think South African sailing is in a very good place. And what kind of support do you have? Mainly volunteer support. We uh, don't have any major sponsors. We we do it all ourselves, and most of most of the stuff that we do is on a volunteer basis. Uh, Benji and Alex are basically self-funding. Mm. They uh, they they don't have a, 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 a sugar daddy that's looking after them. Mm. They they're doing this all themselves. And is there no danger then of losing the guys then of losing them in the system because there's just not enough support? There's always a chance. Eh? There's mm. always a chance that that will happen. It's an, it's, it's, it's an expensive thing to do the international sailing. The traveling is, is expensive. The logistics of getting both from venue to venue is expensive. It takes a massive uh, 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 amount of, of effort and self-discipline by these young men to, to achieve this goal. And, and I guess if they do go to Tokyo, it will be a great profile and great advertisement for the sport. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, they, and they're great ambassadors for the sport as well. Okay, thanks, President. Let me continue with them. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll find out more about how they qualified and uh, this uh, class that they are in. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, I'm still speaking to our sailors who have qualified for the Olympic Games, but they still need approval from Saskok first to make sure that uh, they can book their ticket. Uh, Benji, maybe you can tell, how long have you guys been sailing together, firstly? Uh, we've been sailing together since uh, early 2017. Um, we started out in uh, a youth class called a 29er, yeah. and uh, we progressed to the Olympic 49er together in 2018. Was that the normal progression after you won the 29er class? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite a quite a normal um, 
thing to do. Okay. Maybe Alex, you can explain to us, for those not familiar with the sport, what is what exactly is the 49er class? I know that there are two of you there, but what exactly is it? Uh, the 49er class is, uh, it's, it's you know, as you say, it's a two-person boat. Uh, it's, it's quite small, you know, 4.9 meters. 49er comes from from 4.9 meters long. It's a kind of new design. It's got it's got lightweight sails. It's a very lightweight hull. Um, it goes very fast. It's it's a very athletic and dynamic boat. It's kind of uh, a step in, in in the in the modernization of sailing, where everything is lighter and faster and, and more athletic. And it's yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's the uh, it's the men's class in one of the men's classes in the in the Tokyo Olympics. So what are your roles then? Uh, so uh, Benji is is the helmsman or the driver on on, on the boat, um, and he he essentially uh, drives the boat uh, with the yeah, and and I'm I essentially uh, control the sails, uh, the the, end, the the pulling of the sails and trimming them at at all times, and, and we kind of split the tactician role between the two of us and, and the strategy. It's um it's, it's a very interesting relationship that we have to have uh, uh-huh. on that regard. I guess you always have to be at the right positions at the right time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, Benji, you had to go to Oman for this qualification. Apparently, there were a few challenges. What are some of those that you faced? Oh, um, so originally our qualification event was supposed to be held in the UAE in the middle of Feb. And um, that event got cancelled due to COVID-19. And we um, we travelled, we so we were travelling to that event. And we actually got the last flight that was allowed into the UAE from South Africa mm. before the, the borders closed. And then from there, we had to wait until we, until the event in Oman was announced. And then we traveled to Oman and had to do a seven-day quarantine and then um, begin our training for, for that event. Um, many COVID tests, um, a lot of waiting around, but uh, it was all worth it. And how many races did you have to compete in to secure qualifications? Did you have to win? Did you have to place? Um, it was 15 races. Um, we there was um, a Tunisian team that uh, we had to race, but it was um, our qualification event was held with the Asian qualifier too. So it was a 14 boat fleet, mm-hmm. and uh, we just we set ourselves the goal of doing as well as we could. And uh, I guess the the hard goal was to uh, beat the Tunisian team. Yeah, and and so so you 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 secured finishing places. Is that how you qualified? O- yeah. over those over those races they accumulate yeah yeah you um essentially accumulate the uh, points over the um 15 races and the person with the fewest points left um at the end of the week wins so if you come first in a race you get one point second two points and so on um all the way down to 14 points if you come last Wow. And the president mentioned that you had to take money out of your pocket to finance your, your, your sailing year. I mean, how, how, how is that going for you guys? And what kind of support do you get besides uh, taking money out of your own pocket? Um, currently, there isn't, isn't much support. Um, we have a lot of people in, in Cape Town that are more than happy to do uh, or anything they can to help us. But uh, there isn't much support at the moment. And um, we have to self-fund and and organize everything ourselves and make it all happen. That that must have been tough, especially during lockdown. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was hard to sort of sit around during lockdown and watch a lot of the rest of the world keep on going whilst we were stuck here. But uh, that's oh, such is life.
Okay. And then, um, Alex, I'll give you the last word here. What's next now with three months to go before the games? What do you guys do? Yeah, well, we uh, we have a very interesting little uh, journey uh, planned. We only have three months to go. Um, so, I mean, uh, we, we're going to get as physically strong and, and, and uh, as possible. We're, we're trying to get emotionally sharp as possible. We're trying to get, um, you know, just uh, as active and, and, and as calm and as confident as we can in three months. But also a very important part for us is, is for myself, Benji, and our coach, Asanati, is, is to really form a, a tight-knit unit and and really learn stuff about ourselves and each other and, 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 to, and to, uh, to, uh, to end up in Tokyo in a, in a state where all three of us are very close and very tight and a very uh, operational team. And, uh, yeah, just try and get the best out of ourselves in the next three months. Well, let's hope for the best, uh, gents. You've done your part here. It's up to Saskook now. Let's hope sanity will prevail because when it comes to Olympic, guys, I always stress it. It's not about winning. It's not about going there and getting a gold. It's about the spirit of participation and being there at the Olympics. And we hope it works out for both of you guys. All the best, but well done for coming this far. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks. We're going to catch up with them as we build up closer to the games and hopefully when there is a decision from, 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 from Saskok about their participation at the games. But we need to try. If, we can, if guys qualify for the Olympics, guys, they need to go. Let them be part of the experience. Let them carry the flag. Let them represent us. And these ones are still young. They can still go back again four years later to go compete for medals, as the president has said. So, yeah, let's see what happens there. But let's leave it there. That's our Olympic feature. We'll build up up until the games. We'll try and do something every Thursday here because there's enough to cover when it comes to the Olympics. Olympic Games, I know, because I was there in 2016 in Rio. But anyway, I we have to go to news now.